0: Hello, and welcome to Cinebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is David Berman. Uh, I am the Daily Nebraskans Editor-in-Chief for the next academic year, so very excited to be taking over that position very soon. Um, But until then, I am just a a simple podcast host (laughs) with with my simple podcast co-hosts.
2: Are you calling Uh, us dumb?
1: No, I'm just calling you simple. That's not the same thing. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, well, simply, I'm Mia Everding. I'm a grad student and uh, a co-host of this podcast for about another two weeks, and then my career at the Daily Nebraskan will be over.
1: Good. It's about <laughs> damn time. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, I'm Kyle
0: Cruz. I host this podcast. Um I also only with the DM for another two weeks because I just graduated like last month. I guess it's been over a month since graduation. That's wild. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like in the void of trying to find something to do right now. So that's my life. Thanks. Um, yeah, on that note, we'll just hop into our first segment of the week, which is what have I done? What have I done? And what have I done is the segment where we just talk about what movies or TV or whatever we've been we've been watching this week. Um, so yeah, as usual, Dave, let's start with you. What have you been watching?
1: Yes, in, in preparation for seeing In the Heights, um, I decided to watch um, John M. Chu's most famous movie prior to this, which is uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which I have never seen until I watched it for the first time um, a few days ago. And yeah, it's really delightful. It's a ton of fun. Um, I think it's a great cast. Just a very, a very, a mostly very fun rom com, but also just comments on like just tradition and just like the 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 culture. Um, just of like how um, Henry Golden's character, um, his his parents don't his his mom doesn't want him to marry um an American girl, um, and. Yeah, it's just really good. I think the cast is really great, and um, just lots of funny little bits in it. I think Aquafina is very, very delightful in it. Um, and yeah, I it made me just more excited to see In the Heights because there's just lots of big spectacle in uh, crazy rich, rich Asians, and um, I think that will translate well to that that movie. So, and I know both of you have seen both this and In the Heights. So, yes it
2: shocks me sorry kyle it shocks me dave that you had not seen crazy rich asians up until this point because i've seen it probably like five times
1: yeah. <laughs> well you know i i, I feel like that's not, i'm not surprised that you've seen it five times you know but it's just yeah it's just something that slipped under my radar and i just didn't see it at the time but
0: yeah in the heights is one of those movies that was like way better than i expected it to be because like I, I don't remember what year it came out. It was like 2017, 2018, something like that.
1: Wait, you mean Crazy Rich Asians?
0: Yeah. Oh, did they say Heights? It? No, yes. Oh, that's, yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, sorry. Um, but yeah, and like, I kind of just went into it. So I saw it like the week it came out uh, and just like went into it just kind of like on a whim being like, oh, you know what, I'll just give this a shot. And then by the end of the movie, I was just like in tears. I was like a mess. Um, and yeah, it's it's very good. I honestly think it's probably one of the like the best like rom coms of the of the past few years. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a ton of fun and very impactful and moving. And yeah, just a just a pretty a pretty good movie. So I am I already was just the most type C and I am more. So. It
2: but, also shocks me that you are were the last will be the last of us to see. In the heights because you are probably the one who was looking forward to it the most.
1: This is this is true um yeah I'm waiting until my sister gets home uh this this coming weekend and then we're gonna go see it together so very much much hype in the Berman household.
0: Yeah does watching Crazy Rich Asians get you just generally excited because John M. Chu signed on to like a ton of projects right now uh I think like the most like notable is like he's currently like signed on to direct like a film adaptation of wicked. Um and so, oh
1: I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Does that does this get you any any more excited for any of that?
1: Um yes, very much so I would say. Um yeah, I forgot that he was going to direct the Wicked movie that I kind of don't think is ever going to happen because it's been just developing for like 15 years. But Yeah, I would love to see him take on that. And I think he would do a really good job with it. So yeah, I hope we get that movie that will probably never exist.
0: What about you, Mia? Uh, What have you been up to?
2: Well, this is very exciting, uh, especially for me, because last week, I don't believe when it was. I think it was um, honestly last Tuesday. I, uh, I started The Mandalorian just kind of on a whim. And I was watching the first episode and I was like, man did I start this like show by myself and like forget that I was watching it and just never finish it because the first episode was so familiar and then I remembered the three of us watched the first episode together and it all made so much sense because I was like am I having like the most insane deja vu right now or is this show really predictable or have I just seen this before and it was answer c that I had in fact seen it before um but I just wrapped it up last night. I think I watched like three episodes last night, and uh, yeah, it. I'm I'm glad that I have immediately the second season to kind of launch into. Uh, I started the first episode today, actually, like right before doing this, and uh, it was good. I think to have the recap because I had kind of forgotten everything that had happened even in the first season, even though I just saw it in the past however many hours are in a week um but i really like it i think it's kind of interesting to me the fact that they have different directors for every episode and i don't know if that's something that's done often in tv shows and especially in something that is um as i think like story driven as the mandalorian is and like so entrenched in the lore of the star wars franchise um but I don't think I really noticed much difference like episode to episode a ton, but it was still noticeable. Like like I had gone into it remembering that Taika uh, directed, Watiti directed the last episode and I didn't know how many episodes were in it. So I just hit episode eight without knowing it was the last one. And immediately I was like, this last one, cause it feels like it has a Taika flair to it. Um, but I think that was the, only the one that kind of stood out um yeah I would say I probably had favorite episodes over some of the others like I really like the episode where we meet Kara Dune um mm-hmm. and they go to that planet and they're like the people who catch fish and the fish are like bright blue and very pretty I really liked that one because it was more I think relationally driven like Mando is like talking to that gal and she like almost takes his helmet off Um, I just really like that. I feel like I'm just talking (laughs) your ear ear off. But overall, um, I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. I have really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I'm probably going to binge the second season as soon as we're done recording this. So
0: those are my thoughts. How much have you heard about the second season?
2: Like nothing.
0: So... What are some of your, like, expectations for season two?
2: Uh, So I'm really confused over the Gideon character, uh, Moff Gideon. Uh, He only, I think, showed up in the second to last episode and then the last episode. Um, Boy, he bothers me. I think he's so poorly written. He, like, drives me crazy. Um, He's just annoying and, like he doesn't know how to get stuff done and that bothers me. It's like one of those cliche villains that's like, let me tell you my master plan. Like, he just leaves Mando and Kara and the other guy and the child, like, in that bar. He's like, yeah, I'll never get I'll just wait for something to happen instead of, like, killing you right now. Like, that's made no sense to me. But, to answer your question, I don't really know what I expectations that I have I think for this season like I know that there's like the scene where the child like where Mando like takes off his helmet and the child like touches his face because I've seen that uh but I don't know the context of that all at all um yeah I'm obviously expecting some kind of showdown between Mando and Moff Gideon but beside that I don't know because I don't know when it takes place like within the universe because they like don't know what the child is and that's like well so yeah I don't know I know nothing absolutely nothing about Star Wars so
0: that was my next question because I forgot the answer like how many Star Wars movies have you seen outside of this
2: um I've seen all of them And I've seen the first three probably the most, which is unfortunate because those are the movies that were coming out like when I was a kid. Uh, So I've seen the first three several times each. I've seen the like original trilogy probably like once and I have no clue what happens in them. Um, And then I've seen the last set of three um, probably like once or twice. And then like I've seen Rogue One but I haven't seen Han Solo or Solo. Yeah Yeah. so yeah I'm not and I don't know anything about like Clone Wars or anything like that so.
1: I I feel like you're pretty much like where I am with Star Wars. I think I am a little bit more engaged with it than you, you than you are but like I feel like we are in a fairly similar place where, yeah, we've seen a Star Wars. We know what a droid is. We know, we know, uh, we, we, we stand Ben Solo, uh, Adam Driver. Um, you know, we, we, we know what's going on, but like, I, yeah, I don't know anything about the Clone Wars and haven't seen any of the animated stuff. So, but yeah, I, I love, I love the Mandalorian. And I think the second season is the last like five episodes of the second season are just nuts. Just like, just so just insanely paced and just like crazy and i'm very excited for you to see that so
2: like well paced like it's a good slow burn yeah. like everything happens
1: well everything does happen but i think it happens in a very like good and satisfying and extremely fun way so nice yeah.
0: i'm curious to see what you think of the second season because i think the second season has a lot more tie-ins to other star wars material than the first season does like, without getting into any details. Like, there's just, like, a lot more, like, other things going on. Um, but yeah, so I assume you'll watch that this week. So report back, and we can talk more about The Mandalorian. Does it get you any excited, any more excited, for, like, the myriad of Star Wars TV shows we've talked about uh, on this show that have been announced?
2: Um, Seeing as none of those are coming to mind, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say uh, an affirmative. It was kind of on a whim that I decided to watch Mandalorian. Like I knew you guys would be excited about it and my boyfriend would be excited. And like that's <laughs> that was all the motivation that I needed. So yeah. Very good. But yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad I have because I can totally see the hype now. Like the child has made me cry so many times because he's so cute. <laughs> he's so cute and also I just like how he's constantly like like he just has a face of distress constantly and it's just like a little like pet oh I think his because he's a puppet isn't he he's not like animated
0: yeah he's a puppet
2: it's so well done and he is so incredibly endearing and I think they have done such a good job with that so. have you
0: heard of like the like stagecraft technology they use for that show nope so oh no
2: we've talked about it yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's so neat what was the thing that recently has begun production that they um were using that same sort of technology
0: for? i think they were using it a bit on thor love and thunder and i'm sure they're using it on a bunch of other disney properties as well because like since star wars is disney disney owns that uh that technology right now um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna pop up a lot more frequently moving forward. Um, I think they said they were gonna use it for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and I had mentioned that. Um, but there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, the thing about, uh, about the child that still surprises me to this day uh, is the fact that they managed to keep it under wraps before the first season aired. Like he wasn't in any of the marketing or anything and like nothing about it leaked or anything, so like when the first episode came out and you meet the child at the end of the first episode, that was like everybody's first like exposure to that character. And mm-hmm. I just think it's crazy that in, in the world of today, you can keep something like that a secret. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's great. Very cute.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, so last week I talked a bit about Harry Potter and I, I won't talk about it that much this week. Um, but I have continued my my Harry Potter binge that I started last week. At this point, last week I had watched just the first two Harry Potter films, and now uh, I have plans to watch the very last one tonight. Um, so kind of like uh, my girlfriend and I, we just made our way through them over the over the course of this past week. Um, and yeah, it's been really it's been a really interesting experience again watching these movies now because um, I haven't seen them in a, probably since like high school or middle school. Um, and yeah, they're pretty good. Like I think they're like really consistent. Like uh, as I don't know if you guys have seen, but like I've been logging them all on Letterboxd as I've been watching them, and I think every single one of them has either I've either given three and a half or four stars. Like I don't think they've varied from that rating, um, which is kind of surprising. Like I've i just yeah, they've just been very enjoyable. Uh, I'm excited to watch the the last one tonight. And uh, last week we had talked about how like potentially maybe my my ranking of the films uh, that we gave last year would change. And I think it definitely is going to. Um, so I will report back next week with with that updated ranking for you guys, but.
2: Right now, do you have one that's standing out more or is like better or worse than you remembered?
0: One that was a lot better than I remembered. Um, like, and I don't remember it being bad. I just didn't remember much about it. I kind of remembered like not having much of a reaction to it. Um, but is honestly one of my favorite ones this this time through uh, is the Half-Blood Prince. Um, I really liked the Half-Blood Prince. Um, like, yeah, it was a lot funnier than I remembered it being. Like, just there's a lot of, like, teenage drama and, like, love stories in that one that I completely forgot about that were just a ton of fun. But then also just, like, how dark it gets and, like, it managed to balance that really well. So I really liked Half-Blood Prince a lot more than I thought I did. But
1: Nice. Well, I'm I'm glad you're getting to re-experience those movies because i've seen them a million times and i will continue to watch them forever and ever so
0: it's weird because so they're on hbo max right now but they just got put on hbo max at the beginning of the month and they're leaving hbo max on the 30th um because i guess uh paramount or i think it's paramount no it's uh nbc universal uh, they like own like the rights to the brand Harry Potter or to the films of Harry Potter. Uh, Cause I guess they like produce them even though Warner Brothers distributed them. And those, so they technically have like some say through like 2025. So basically for the next like four years, the Harry Potter movies are just going to be swapping from HBO Max to Peacock and back like over and over again. Um, they're just gonna be going to go back and forth because it's shared custody i guess
1: are they on peacock for free with ads or like do you have to pay to watch them
0: i think they're not on peacock right now uh, i think oh, they yeah. were on peacock but then got removed and put on hbo max and now they're getting removed from hbo max and i assume going back to peacock and they're just gonna be bouncing back and forth uh i don't know if they're on there with uh for free with ads or not
1: but nice
0: um but yeah the the main thing i want to talk about this week and i'll try and keep this as brief as i can um because as dave and i joked uh prior to the podcast i could talk about this for literally an hour and a half if 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 i was lit um but so king king gizzard and the lizard wizard uh who i've talked about a lot on this podcast before i don't need to explain much to you guys about about them but i'll do it anyway um they released a new album this week obviously they're One of my favorite bands, um, just an Australian psych rock band that this record that they just released is their 18th record. Uh, The first one came out in 2012. Um, And yeah, so this is their second record this year. Earlier this year, they released LW, which was like uh, a partner to KG last year um, that made kind of like a dual album of just weird microtonal, microtonal psychedelic rock. Um, that was pretty good but this new record is called butterfly 3000 um and they announced it a couple weeks ago and then didn't release any singles for it um, and just said that it was a dream pop album and they didn't like really tease anything else other than that so when this when this album came out on friday i went into it pretty much blind uh and was very surprised by it just being an almost entirely electric album like an electronic album it's very synth heavy Um, And it's also, I think the most surprising thing is it's a very happy record. It's probably like the happiest music King Gizzard has done yet. um, Which was just very unexpected uh, because like the whole thing's in in a major key and it's very catchy um, and just kind of very kind of upbeat and like you can listen to it. Imagine it reminds me of like the kind of thing you would listen to like walking down the street like after you like aced a test or something you just put your headphones in you're just in a good mood and you're just hanging out um but yeah it's a ton of fun uh i think the lyrics of the record so to put this in perspective i guess so like king gizzard they've done like happier sounding music before specifically on a record called paper mache dream balloon which was just an entirely acoustic record um, but even though that record sounds very happy, the lyrics are, like, really dark. Um, but the lyrics on Butterfly 3000 are probably, like, the most opt- optimistic lyrics I've heard on any King Gizzard material. Um, like, the the opening song is a track called Yours, uh, which is just entirely just about, like, seizing the day, doing what you want to do, and just, like, having a, a can-do attitude. Um And like some of the later tracks, uh, specifically like the last two songs on the album, uh, which are You Love and Butterfly 3000, the title track, are both about, uh, so the the front man of the band, Stu McKenzie, he just had his first kid uh, in November. uh, And these last two tracks are about like being a dad. Like the uh, You Love is pretty much just about like, so this album was like written before, like he had actually had his kid. Um, But so You Love is about like, basically just looking forward to being a dad and like looking forward to like doing all these things with his daughter uh and then butterfly 3000 is kind of a a flip on that where it's him just kind of hoping he could be a good dad and like he's the whole song is just kind of a very ethereal thing and he's just kind of lamenting like oh i hope i can do this and i hope i can provide this for you and i hope i can do all these things um and yeah it's just a it's just a really it's a really fun time and i think it's probably one of their more accessible records like i think Uh, In an interview, they said that this is the kind of record that they made uh, kind of purposely so that you can throw it on and not have people get like turned off and be like, yo, what what are you listening to? Turn that off. Um, Which like, I don't know if I entirely buy that. Like, I think there's still some like weird moments here that might not like, might be a little odd if you're just like playing it while you're at work or something Um, like it's definitely still a King Gizzard album. Um, But for the most part, I think it's definitely catchy. It's got some fun, some fun moments to it. Uh, I think some of my favorite tracks just off the top of my head are like uh, Shanghai, um, which just is, it's like the second song on the record. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of got a really fun, uh, like jovial vibe to it. Um, And then uh, another song called Interior People, which is just uh, all about like just getting over like your inner demons and like just uh, trying to like get over like a lot of these other things that are just like always in the back of your head. Um, And then Catching Smoke is a really good one too. Um, That song is just about partying pretty much. (laughs) Um, But yeah, in general, it's a very good record. Um, These are kind of just very loose thoughts. Uh, But yeah, I really like it and I'm liking it more. Like the more I listen to it, I think it's becoming one of my favorite King Gizzard records uh, very quickly. Uh, which is exciting um, and they've already said that they they this isn't going to be the last record they released this year so we'll see whatever they do next um, but for now I'm, I'm pretty happy just listening to this uh, I think it's I think it's a good time um, so yeah from there we'll just jump into our news for the week uh, and we've got a few comic book things to start off this week uh, first of all we sort of have our first like official look Uh, at Natalie Portman's uh, version of Thor, uh, the Jane Foster version of Thor that she was announced to be at Comic-Con a few years ago. Um, And this isn't like an official image that was tweeted out or anything. This was a t-shirt that leaked online. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of funny that like, that's like the first look we get of her, like as Thor, I guess. Um, And I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. It looks very, uh, she looks very comic accurate um it looks definitely like just straight out of the uh the mighty thor run that introduced jane foster as thor a few years ago um and she is wielding mjolnir in this image so it's just yeah i think it looks good um i think it's continuing the the trend in marvel phase four of just very comic accurate costumes uh and it makes me excited to get like an actual like official image here because again this is just on a t-shirt and so like you can't make out a lot of details uh, but you just kind of get the general look. Um, but have either of you looked at this? And if so, what's your general reaction to it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it's it's kind of a a, gra- a grainy looking t-shirt. Um, but it's honestly really sick. Like I I love the design for her character. And I think um, I like what they, at least what's on here with Thor's armor of like the yellow kind of sprinkled in. Uh, I think that's kind of a, a nice fun little flair. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would like wear this shirt, so I kind of, I kind of want it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so excited for this. I love Thor Ragnarok, and I think this one's gonna be just even, even more insane and fun.
0: Have you, have you uh, made a look at this, Mia? Yeah,
1: I
2: just looked it up now, so I didn't have much context. But um, I mean, I don't really. I feel like I don't know much about what her character like. character like in the comics so like what sort of roles she's playing in this movie so um i mean it looks pretty pretty nifty i would say although does she have blonde hair in the picture i guess she has kind of she's brown hair though doesn't she jane foster does
0: yeah, like, in the comic, yeah, she is brown hair, um, but, like, the blonde hair matches, like, the way she looks in the comics. I think it comes with just, because I think, like, the way it works is, like, when she picks up Mjolnir, she kind of, like, becomes, like, that version of Thor. So I assume the hair color changes with that, is my guess. I haven't actually read the comic that this is based on. Um, but, yeah, do you have any more uh, context to give Dave? Do you, Do you know anything about this that I don't in terms of that? I do not think so, no. Cool. She
1: looks cool. <laughs> um,
0: we got some casting news for the She-Hulk uh, Disney Plus series. Um, and yeah, the casting here is uh, that Jamila Jamil, uh, who most people will recognize from her work on uh, The Good Place, uh, has been cast as the villain uh, in this She-Hulk series, which uh, I don't think they've reported like what the actual character she's playing is. We just know that she is in a villain role here. Um, but yeah, I think this is really interesting. Uh, she's not like, I wouldn't peg her as a villain and I wouldn't peg her to be in like a Marvel show. Um, so I'm very excited. I'm very curious to see, um, to, just to see what the She-Hulk show turns into. Cause obviously, so we've got uh, Tatiana Maslany uh, as, the, as the lead character of She-Hulk, um, but then we're also getting Mark Ruffalo back as the Hulk uh, and Tim Roth back as Abomination. And I'm sure we're getting lots of other uh, Hulk related characters in there as well. Um, but yeah, I think this is really interesting casting gets me a little bit more excited to see the show. Um, what does she mean? What are some of your guys thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I love her in the good place. Um, she's really great in that. And yeah, she had been, um, yeah, like rumored for She-Hulk, I believe. Um, and so I, then I think she would have been really good in that role. Um, but yeah, I, I, had thought that they had announced what role she was playing um I had seen that she's playing Titania which is just a woman who can grow to be big um I think kind of I think kind of like Ant-Man but like she does not need a suit I think is the general gist um and so yeah cool I yeah she's she's a really good actress and I think she can bring some kind of humor and um yeah, just good vibes to this role.
2: What are some other things that she's been in besides The Good Place?
1: That's a great question. I don't. I will, I will look it up.
2: I haven't finished The Good Place. I don't know why I stopped, um, but I never finished it. So I feel like I only have like a season and a half of knowledge of her, like as a character and as an actress.
1: So. She's done, like, pretty much nothing else besides voice work. Okay. Yeah, um, so moving on from there, uh, last
0: comic book thing we want to mention is that uh, the sequel to Aquaman, which is supposed to start shooting here soon, uh, has been officially titled Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, I think this is, like, a, it's a decent title. It's kind of a generic title. Um, like, there's not really much you can infer from this. I assume the Lost Kingdom is just, like, another undersea kingdom that Aquaman's gonna have to go explore, um, but don't know much else about that. Um, this is a very small thing. I think it's cool, not cool, but just interesting that they're doing the and the with this, uh, as opposed to like literally every other superhero movie that they just do name, colon, other subtitle. Um, there's, no, there's no colon to be found in this title. It's just Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, So it kind of just reminds me of like, I don't know, like a YA movie from like 10 years ago, like the Harry Potter movies, like Harry Potter and the whatever. So maybe they'll just keep doing that. I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I don't mind this name. I think it has lots of like fun swashbuckling vibes that like that first Aquaman movie has. Um, and yeah, aren't there like Seven Kingdoms or something in... Under the Sea, yeah, um, and maybe we know, maybe we've seen all of them or some of them, and so I, I'm assuming it'll just be about one of them, and there'll be some Aquamaning about, so.
2: It has yeah. been lost, and now it is found.
1: Yes, Aquaman. That's my guess. Aquaman 3, he found it. He found the kingdom. He did it.
2: <laughs> Aquaman, he found it.
1: That's wow. It. Um, but yeah, so moving on to
0: our just general movie news, uh, first of all, uh, got kind of an odd announcement this week that Warner Brothers is developing uh, an, uh, another Lord of the Rings film. Uh, this movie is called Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, uh, and it's going to be an anime, uh, an anime film, uh, Yeah, again from Warner Brothers, that is going to be theatric- theatrically released, I think, in 2023. Um, and not much is known about like what this movie actually is. Uh, apparently it's like the story vaguely is set like 250 years prior to the Lord of the Rings um, and is about the War of the Rohirrim. Um, and even though I, I consider myself uh, a Lord of the Rings stan, I don't know anything about the, the War of the Rohirrim. So I cannot talk about that at all. Um, but yeah, this was just an unexpected announcement. Um, But I'm actually really interested in this. I think it could be really interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what the world of Middle-earth looks like in an anime format and what that looks like on the big screen. Um, And yeah, just in general, uh, what are your guys' reactions to this? Do you think this is, do you think you're excited for this or could you care less?
1: I, yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like Warner Brothers executives just kind of like spun a wheel like spun like three different wheels and they were like lord of the rings movie but it's anime and it's set 250 years before anything else or whatever and like sure like that sounds fine um i don't really know like why they're doing this but they must have a pretty solid idea behind it if they're gonna pour millions of dollars into it so yeah sure yeah
2: i think i think i am excited kyle like with you Seeing this on a big screen, I never saw any of the Lord of the Rings movies on a big screen, um, and I think that, I mean, they're phenomenal, you know, at home. But I can only imagine how good they would be on a big screen. And seeing something like this, like, done in an anime format, could look really cool. So I'm, I'm very excited. I also knew nothing about this until you just said something. So it's like, yeah, okay. It's only two years away, which is kind of crazy. So,
0: yeah. Um, So Yeah, moving on from there. Uh, So there's this new superhero comedy movie in the works called Secret Headquarters, which I wasn't terribly interested in uh, prior to this week, because I guess like the story of it is just like it's it's a kid's movie and there's these kids that find out that they're like their house is like on top of like the secret base of like the world's like best superhero and then somehow they get pulled into like an adventure with that or something. Um, but the reason that I bring this up is because this week we got the first two casting announcements for the film, um, and that's Michael Pena and Owen Wilson have joined this cast, and I just think that's a really interesting duo, and I'm really curious to see what roles they play in this. I really hope that Owen Wilson is playing, like, the main superhero. I think that would be incredible. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this. I just thought it was kind of fun. Um, so do you guys have any
1: reaction? Not really i think yeah this it's an interesting duo and i found a synopsis um a very big one but it's about a kid who discovers a secret headquarters headquarters of a superhero hidden beneath his home and must defend it a, with a group of friends against villains um that just kind of sounds like a spy kids movie to me um but yeah i i think those two are interesting enough, and I feel like they could be fun. Or I, I feel like they are the caliber of like comedy stars, where they either are very funny or they're just in a like very not good movie, you know. So yeah,
0: it seems like every week we're talking about a new cast addition to both Indiana Jones Five and Knives Out Two. Um, and what do you know? We're talking about new cast members for Indiana Jones Five and Knives Out Two again. Uh, for Indiana Jones Five, we got Toby Jones, and for Knives Out Two, we have Jessica Henwick, um, who I don't know. Jessica, I don't know anything Jessica, Jessica Henwick is in. Apparently, she's playing a role in the fourth Matrix film that comes out later this year. Um, but yeah, I think Toby Jones in Indiana Jones Five is like that makes sense. That checks out. Like it just, I when that cast came out, I was kind of. When that announcement came out, I was kind of surprised that he hadn't already been in like the fourth Indiana Jones, because that just, like, it seems like a franchise that he would just be at home in. Um, But yeah, what are you guys' reactions to either of these casting announcements?
1: Um, So looking up who Jessica Henwick is, so she was like the love interest in Iron Fist, if you remember that. Um,
0: I did not watch Iron Fist.
1: I watched one episode of Iron Fist. Um and she also was in Game of Thrones.
0: Who was she so in Game of Thrones?
1: Nymeria Sand. And was okay. In yeah. That's kind of a small role. Um okay. cool. But yeah. Um I yeah, I think uh, the the first thing I sent to um you guys when the that Toby Jones news happened was I just I hope he displays the exact same kind of character that he is in in Captain America just a, a Nazi scientist guy which I feel like probably who he's gonna be but you know I I feel like both him and Mads Mikkelsen I will be very surprised if they're not just like Nazi people you know um but they they could be they could be good guys who knows <laughs> Mia Mia is just looking very, very tiredly and passively at the camera while wrapped up in a blanket, like fully over her head. Um, And I I just don't think she has any thoughts about this.
2: I don't. I was trying to look up Jessica Henwick, but my computer is very slow right now. So I have not seen her in anything. So, but I agree, uh, Dave, I think I could definitely see Toby, I said McGuire uh doing that same role like i would almost take a bet with you but i think it would be foolish to bet anything that he's not that
0: yeah yeah um yeah moving on from there um did you guys ever see greenland uh came out i think late last year it was the gerard butler starred starring like It was like a end of the world movie, like there were asteroids and stuff. And he was in a truck and he's driving on the highway and he's yelling at his wife who's played by Marina Bacharin. I never watched it. It looked kind of bad, Um, but I think it came out in like December or something. But apparently it did okay at the box office because they're making a sequel. So I assume none of us care about this, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I guess it's on HBO max now. So maybe I'll check it out, but probably not um yeah it's just kind of one of those movies that I never expected to get a sequel and I guess it's happening so I guess good for the creative team behind that like they have another job so that's a positive um but other than that I don't really have anything to say about this
1: yeah so I looked up how much money it made and it made 52 million worldwide which like in a normal times is not good at all but it was released in December, which was the, just the teeth of the pandemic. Um, And so maybe just they, for pandemic adjusted numbers, maybe it did, it did better than, than it would seem. So, yeah, I I feel like if, if, if this, if a sequel to this wasn't greenlit Gerard Butler would continue to just make a movie that was exactly like this, but it was in a different universe. So
0: he would just make the same movie that the sequel is going to be anyway, but it just wouldn't be a sequel.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: It just wouldn't have the label. Yeah. Um, yeah, moving on from there, uh, we got some more details about uh, our most anticipated movie of the coming year or of the next few years, and that's this Timothy Chalamet starring uh, Willy Wonka movie called Wonka. Uh, apparently it's going, so we already knew it was going to be a musical, but apparently it's going to be an origin story set in mid-19th century England during the Industrial Revolution. Um. So I think that's, uh, that's an interesting point in time to set this movie. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be really gray. And then Timothy Chalamet as Wonka shows up and he's really purple. And then they're singing and dancing. And that's about it. And then chocolate. And that's the movie.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds like exactly what it's going to be, honestly. And then, and then Paddington will show up because it's by the same director.
0: Yes, I would love
1: that. I would love a Paddington Wonka crossover where Paddington just eats a bunch of chocolate. I think that'll be pretty good.
2: I hope or this- they team up together and they make chocolate oranges.
1: Whoa! Wow. <laughs>
0: uh, I hope this movie has the same like, uh, like. What's 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 the name of the director that did Isle of Dogs and French? Wes I hope this movie has the same like faux Wes Anderson feel that Paddington Two did. I think it yeah. could be fun.
1: I think that would that would too. Um, yeah, I still just kind of don't know what to expect from this movie. Like, I feel like it could be really good. I feel like it could be really bad. I think it could be really fun. I think it could be like extremely dour and sad. Um, I don't know. I just don't really know. Like, it sounds like they're skewing more like fun origin story instead of gritty origin story. But I would also not be surprised if, like, we just see his parents die or he just is disillusioned by chocolate or something. Um,
0: So, his parents die by falling into a vat of
1: chocolate. (laughs) That would be extremely funny. Like, it's like, because all I've seen of Corella is just that scene where at the start so I guess it's not really a spoiler where like the Dalmatians just like kill her mom um I hope it's that but it's just they just fall into a mat of chocolate it'd be it'd
0: be pretty good Um, but yeah uh we got a few a fair bit of tv news this week we don't usually get a lot of tv news um but first of all uh Peacock uh NBC Universal's uh, streaming service, is developing a TV series uh, adaptation of Ted. Did you guys ever see Ted, the the Seth MacFarlane teddy bear movie? There were two of them. I,
1: I think, didn't we talk about this kind of recently because you watched the, the first one or something?
0: Yeah, I watched the first one a few months ago um, and it wasn't the first time I'd seen it, but I think the first one is like actually kind of good. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I remember the second one being trash. Um, But I I don't know. I don't know if this is a a franchise that needs to be revived. Like, I don't know if anyone's interested in seeing any more Ted. Maybe this will be good, but I'm not like, I don't have my hopes up. Are either of you interested in seeing a Ted TV series?
1: I feel like the comedic novelty of oh it's a teddy bear and he's swearing a lot and he's talking about sex. I feel like that's just like that's it. That's that's what the that's what the character is. It's what the concept is. I don't think we need to see really any more of this, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I I am with you, Dave. I have no original thoughts. I just echo. <laughs> I also haven't seen it. So, I'm sure if I had seen it I would have a different opinion.
1: I feel like you would hate Ted. I don't know why. I, I just feel think like you would there.
0: either hate it or really like it. Yeah. Like just like it or for me. the absurdity.
2: I don't think I would like it. <laughs> I say that much.
0: You don't want to watch a, an hour and a half movie that's mostly just a teddy bear smoking weed?
2: Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll pass.
0: Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, Moving on from there, i got some Star Wars TV news. Uh, So the Andor series, uh, which obviously is about uh, Cassian Andor from Rogue One. um, So there's reports going around that both Forrest Whitaker and Ben Mendelsohn are going to be reprising their roles from Rogue One uh, in this series. Forrest Whitaker as uh, Saw Gerrera, um, who's like a, a rebel kind of extremist guy. Um, and Ben Mendelsohn was, he was the villain in Rogue One. I can't remember his name. Was it Orson Krennic? I
1: think. That sounds like a Star Wars name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I would actually be really excited if they both came back in this in this show because um, I thought they were both really good in Rogue One. I thought Forrest Whitaker had like nothing to do in that movie. He was in like one or two scenes. Um, but Med- Ben Mendelssohn, I think, was one of the best parts of Rogue One. So I would be very excited if he was back for this show. Um, so yeah, do you guys have any... Any thoughts on Forrest Whitaker and Ben Mendelsohn potentially being back for this Andor series?
1: I, I think I've said this before, but I think Rogue One is maybe my favorite Star Wars movie or is very close to it. Like, I think it's extremely underrated um, and I think the cast is really great. So yeah, I'm glad they are. That movie didn't do that well from memory, um, but I'm glad they are like still pursuing projects around that era and with these characters so
0: yeah
2: I think well again we already have established how little I know about Star Wars but I think there's a lot to be discovered like from that era like I think Dave I'm with you like that's why I liked Rogue One so much because it was a good I think introduction to everything else and for someone who doesn't know the history like it just explained everything in a very easy to understand format so i think exploring more of that with those same characters would be worthwhile so yeah um
0: so yeah uh moving on from there uh we've talked about big mouth on this podcast before uh i think me and i are both big fans of big mouth uh dave you have not watched big mouth have you that is correct i have not you should do that because it's pretty good uh there's a an animated spin-off show of big mouth called human resources uh, that is has been in development for a bit um, but just this week uh, Netflix announced the the full voice cast of of this human resources show um, which see here give me one second so Nick Kroll uh, and Maya Rudolph are both coming back for this sh- uh, for this show um, I guess just I should explain a little bit of what what the show is so like in the in the world of big mouth there's all these these creatures that, like embody different like emotions or like points in life so like there's the hormone monsters and like the is it the depression kitty and like the shame wizard um and like all these other just like weird random off characters what's um, the,
2: did you say what's the mosquito is that the anxiety mosquito
0: yeah yeah um yeah so they're uh, and like in the world of the show all of these characters kind of uh, like their home is like this weird like HR department, the human resources uh, department building where like they all just kind of interact and do their own thing. And they're making a spinoff show about like that world, about like that uh, group of, of characters and uh, that concept. Um, yeah, so obviously Nick Kroll's coming back as the hormone monster. Uh, and Maya Rudolph plays like the female hormone monster. I, don't, I feel like there was another name for her, but I forget her name. Um, but... Yeah. Joining the cast uh, is Randall Park, uh, who we all, we all know from WandaVision, uh, and he was in, uh, he was Asian Jim in the office, but he's also in a lot of other stuff. Um, yeah, Randall Park's great. Uh, and then Kiki Palmer, who's from Hustlers and Aquila and the Bee, um, and then uh, David Thulis, who voices the Shame Wizard, uh, and um, Yeah. I, I guess that's it. Uh, I thought there was going to be more, but then the article just stopped. Um, so yeah, uh, they've all uh, they've all joined the cast, uh, and yeah, I'm just very excited about this. I, I forgot that this show was a thing, um, but I'm glad that it's still happening because I feel like since season was it season three or four of Big Mouth that was the most recent one. Um, I whatever the most recent season of Big Mouth was, I feel like since then we haven't really heard anything about like any future big mouth things like we haven't heard about any upcoming seasons or anything um so I'm just excited that there's development happening somewhere um so yeah I'm excited about this uh Mia what what's your kind of reaction to this as a big mouth fan
2: I'm very very excited because I am a huge big mouth fan and um I feel like I kind of forget about it until there's a new season and then I just like binge it and it's like so great and then I kind of forget about it. I don't think it's really something that you like maybe necessarily go back to um, just because it's so like you'd have to start all the way at the beginning I think to get the whole the whole storyline but I'm definitely excited about this. I think it's a great concept and like all of those actors have great characters and they do a really really good job with it. So I'm definitely
0: excited. Yeah. Um, also, I, I overlooked one name that joined the cast, and it's uh, A.D. Bryant, who I guess is an alum from Saturday Night Live. Um, I don't recognize the name off the top of my head, but if they're from Saturday Night Live, I assume they're at least decent. So
1: yeah, he's, he's a pretty solid member of, of, of SNL. So yeah, that, that's good. I am looking her up.
0: Oh yeah, I, I, I recognize her. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I don't really have much else to say. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on from there. Uh, so I completely forgot that Netflix was developing an Assassin's Creed show, um, like a live action show. Um, so, but yeah, news came out this week that they have hired uh, a writer for the show in Jeb Stewart, um, who most recently uh, I guess, uh, wrote and created a spinoff of the Vikings TV show called Vikings Valhalla. Um, but a long, a long time ago, uh, back in the, the land of 1988, uh, he's the guy that wrote Die Hard. Uh, and then he ended up writing The Fugitive as well. Uh, and yeah, just a couple other um, just 80s and 90s action movies like that. Um, and yeah, so he's been hired to, to write this Assassin's Creed show for for Netflix. Um, I think it's a really interesting choice. It's not a choice I would have expected. Um, but yeah, I again, forgot this show was happening. I am vaguely interested in it because like once upon a time I was really into the Assassin's Creed games and I think there is a pretty good story in these games. Um, so I think if it's, if it's well written, this could be a really solid show. Um, but we all saw how, Awful! the Assassin's Creed movie from, like, what was it, 2015? Um, it, was, it was not good. Um, so hopefully this doesn't go down that route. But, uh, yeah. Do you guys have any interest in this Assassin's Creed show? And does this uh, writer being attached to it move the needle at all for you?
1: Um, no. Not really at all. <laughs> I have played 10 minutes of one of the Assassin's Creed games, and I got bored. Um, so... Yeah, I'm just I've never gotten into it. I, I think at this point there are like so many games that I just kind of don't really know where to jump in. And I think they're all connected in some way, but I don't really know. Um, and so yeah, I you know, I, I think there is enough here where it could be interesting, but I just don't really care about this. So
2: I also do not care whatsoever as I know nothing about Assassin's Creed.
0: So Solid. Um, So yeah, Uh, then our last bit of news for the week uh, actually just came a couple hours ago. Uh, Disney has officially greenlit the the Beauty and the Beast live action prequel series that I had assumed was already greenlit um, considering they announced it in December at their Investor's Day event. Um, But then I guess they hadn't actually like started developing it because yeah, news came out today that it's officially gotten the go-ahead uh, Luke Evans and Josh Gad are returning as Gaston and LeFou. Uh, and then they have also cast uh, Brianna Middleton for this show. Um, I have mixed feelings about this because as we as we established last week, I think the, the live action Beauty and the Beast was like really good. Uh, and I think uh, Luke Evans as Gaston and uh, Josh Gad as LeFou are one of the best parts of the movie. I think they're both really good. Um, but also, I just don't really have a lot of interest in a prequel series from that. Like, I, I really like the movie, but I don't know. I'm not really interested in seeing any more from it. I thought it was just a fun thing for what it was. Um, but who knows? Maybe this will come out and it'll be great. Um, but yeah, what did, do you guys have any reaction to this? Are you excited for this? Or are you about the same as me?
1: I feel like I'm about the same as you. I think, yeah, it, it could be good. I believe at the start of Beauty and the Beast, they're just coming back from war. So I think... Maybe they're just gonna make a weird, like, uh, Gaston and Le are going into battle type of show. But also, I feel like that would be weird. Um, I I just hope they like really lean into the battles, and it's just like 1917, but it's Gaston and La and just really intense.
0: So it's just as intense as 1917, but then they're singing the whole time.
1: I would I would love that. I would love a, a weird like very gory war musical tv show what are your thoughts mia
2: um well i have not seen that the whatever year that was that live action version of beauty and the beast and i don't think I have um, any real motivation to see it as i watched some videos over just basically how it compares to the original and uh the live action remakes as a whole and kind of anyway, it was a long explanation of a video. Um and they talked about how bad the voice work was basically the, the auto-tune was on Emma Watson. And I don't really want to listen to that. So um yeah I don't really think I have an interest in the characters as well. Like I didn't grow up with Beauty and the Beast, so it's not like a huge nostalgia hole for me. So,
0: um, yeah. So I guess on that note, we'll just hop into our main topic for the week. Uh, and our main topic this week, we've decided to talk about what we consider to be some of the worst movie villains. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Um, so yeah, we can kind of just this. I think this will be kind of a looser conversation because. I think we struggled to, to actually come up with lists more than we thought we might, um, just because turns out when there's a bad movie with a bad villain in it, you tend to forget about it, um, at least in my experience. Um, but yeah, so we can kind of just do a round robin, I guess. Um, but starting with you, Dave, uh, what do you think is one of the worst movie villains?
1: Um, so I don't think this is the worst comic book movie villain performance that i've seen um but the immediate uh performance that came to mind when i thought about this was arnold schwarzenegger as mr freeze um in batman and robin and so that that movie is so committed to its campiness um that i don't really think it's his fault for any of the numerous ice puns and just like the just weird vibes of that movie because they 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 pick a lane with that and they're like we're gonna make the most campy batman movie we were that's will ever exist and they did it and it's definitely something um but i just think like that's the gold standard for what is happening here um and i i think he uh, you know, he really commits to it. He commits to doing all the bits. Um, he like with just no irony in his eyes, just is saying things about ice and saying ice to meet you and stuff like that. And he just, you know, he he's committed to it. So I gotta I gotta respect him for that. But that was just what immediately popped into my mind was was that character.
0: Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> I think basically any of those last like four. Uh, Batman villains of that area. So like Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. I think could all be kind of looped into that. But yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze is probably the worst offender.
1: Definitely.
0: Um, yeah, Mia, what, what's what's a villain that comes to mind for you?
1: Um.
2: Well, so yeah, we've already established that I we all struggled with this. But one villain who came to mind was actually not a, from a movie. It's from a TV show. And that's Doctor Who. And that was the master. Who I believe. Well it's a character that's like in Doctor Who lore. So it's played by many different people. But this version was I believe with uh, David Tennant's doctor. Who I think is 10. Uh, I don't remember the years that he was He was the doctor. But um It's basically the same race as the Doctor, because he's not human. Um, I don't remember what he is, but this person who's the master is basically his alter ego, um, or the opposite of him, essentially. Um, So he's bad. (laughs) He uh, is just trying to ruin things basically for the Doctor. But I remember just really disliking this character because he was just like stereotypically bad. And you didn't really have any sympathy for him, which I think is like you have to be able to sympathize, I think, with a villain. Because like we're all we all can do bad things. And so seeing someone who like we can't relate to at all is just like not realistic. And this guy was just like over the top, kind of campy really annoying he was there was something where he like there was an episode where he like comes back and he's just eating things and he's like eating like chicken wings really messily and it's just like what is going on here it's really annoying to watch and uh yeah <laughs> that was literally like the only person that I could think of so i don't remember the year i don't remember the episode that he's in but it was like this is just not not done well
0: so i have never seen an episode of doctor who um i've been told that i would enjoy it and maybe i would Uh, but when i think of doctor who i would not imagine a weird man eating chicken wings (laughs) or as a villain in that show um
2: I'll, i'll have to uh look the the clip up like on youtube and i'll send it to you guys so you have some context but i think overall you would like Doctor Who, um, and there are good villains in that, just this was one guy who wasn't well done in my opinion.
0: Uh, yeah, so so I, I kind of got a list here and most of them were comic book movie villains because yeah, like I said earlier, like there's a lot of other movies that I'm sure have bad villains, but I just kind of forgot about them, um, so yeah uh the the first one i want to talk about uh is is the the version of uh galactus that shows up in fantastic four rise of the silver surfer um which i think that came out in like 2006 or something um but yeah i the only reason i wanted to bring this villain up in particular is because like through, so galactus obviously is like a big marvel villain um and throughout the movie he's kind of like mentioned a few times as like just this this big like antagonistic force Um, and in the comics he's just kind of like a big purple guy that eats planets Uh, and then when he shows up in this movie he's just like a big storm it's just like a cloud he's just like floating through space and then he shows up at the end they're like oh god there he is and then it's just a big storm and just like very slowly coming at the planet it's like okay this is your bad guy like yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that. Um, on the same line here, I have Parallax from the Green Lantern movie because he's also just kind of a big stormy cloud. And I think that is just a bad trend in comic book movies that I'm glad we got over, where just the villain was just kind of a big stormy person that was just causing havoc. Um, because, like, what 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 is that? Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I, I feel like that goes back to just an era of comic book movies still trying to find their footing and they don't really have the budget or the capability to make like a convincing looking big powerful cosmic villain so they're just like what if we did a big cloud and then they did and then I I think from there we got like blue laser into space I feel like that was the next kind of uh trend that we still somehow have not gotten over as a society we still love shooting big blue lasers into the sky to signify that a big threat is coming so um
0: but yeah dave what's another villain that comes to mind for you
1: uh, so yeah yes this is this um one of the worst comic book villains and one of the worst comic book uh, movies um and that is eddie brock in spider-man 3 um uh, topher grace plays eddie brock um and i think He's very bad as Eddie Brock, the character. I guess that character is supposed to be extremely unlikable and just like the worst person in the world, but he's just so annoying from the start. He's just a real big creep. He is just trying to screw over Peter. He is a bad journalist and we, and we hate that here. We He's an unethical journalist, which is very upsetting. Um, and then when he becomes Venom, um, he's just a, his teeth get all sharpened and he just is like this kind of scrawny dude in a bunch of bad CGI black goo and it just sucks. So <laughs> Mia, I don't, I don't know if Kyle, I know you've, you remember this well, but Mia, do you, do you remember that part of Spider-Man 3 or did you leave before we, we got there?
2: I think I had left before then because I don't remember seeing him as Venom.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Well, you're not missing out on much because, um, good not good at all but uh yeah he's uh he's bad and um i think the venom that we're getting now is still bad but in a different way so
0: yeah speaking of venom uh i wanted to bring up as a villain on my list uh the villain in the first venom movie uh which is carlton drake uh slash riot uh played by um oh why why am i forgetting his name rez ahmed rez ahmed um, I like Riz Ahmed as an actor, um, but this character is kind of just like a really generic, angry businessman that, as Dave has pointed out on this podcast before, just turns into another dark gray goo that fights the big black goo that is the the, the protagonist of Venom. Um, so yeah, there's not really much to him. He's just kind of an evil guy that then teams up with an evil alien, and that's about it
1: yeah it it sucks because Riz Ahmed's such a good actor and he's just wasted in that very not good role um and yeah I think he's someone who I would like to see play a villain again in in a comic book movie or or otherwise because I think he does have like a a menacing side to him um but yeah I don't I don't like it I don't like Riot is what that character's name is yeah very good um
0: So we're about out of time on our on our zoom meeting here so david if you just want to run through the rest of your list real quick just go for it yes
1: yeah, so i had lex Luthor from batman v superman i know some people really like that and i know kyle's shaking his head because he somehow likes that likes that character. i don't
0: think it's great but i yeah. don't think it's bad
1: i think it's very bad and upsetting and it, i don't like it um i have deadpool and x-men origins wolverine Um, just truly awful. Like that entire movie is just what were they thinking with any of this? But especially Deadpool who shows up without a mouth in the the in like the final sequence and just has like every power possible and just it stinks so bad. Um, and then I have not seen this movie, but I have seen clips of this character. So there's this movie called Jupiter Ascending from a few years ago that was like extremely, extremely bad. And Eddie Redmayne, like right out, right out of getting like an Oscar for his role in The Theory of Everything, like played this villain and he is awful. Like it's so, so bad. Um, and so I can't really give much details as, as to why it's bad. I just remember it being extremely, extremely not good. So that that was my entire list.
0: Yeah, uh, the rest of my list. Uh, so I've got uh, Cara Delevingne as the enchantress in Suicide Squad from
1: 2016. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: I've got the version of Palpatine from Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker because that movie was not good and he was just so shoehorned in there and he kind of was just not not good. Like I think Palpatine in the rest of the movies is great, but like not 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 that one. Um, and then I've also got. Um, Did you guys ever see Rambo Last Blood? It's the most recent Rambo movie. It's really bad. Um, And mostly because the villain in the movie, uh, there's not like one specific villain that I remember, but it's just kind of Mexicans in general. It's a very racist movie. (laughs) Um, But like, uh, yeah, like it's kind of like Rambo's like, oh, to it, like his stepdaughter or something like oh don't go down to Mexico because then you'll get kidnapped and all these bad things are going to happen and there's, they're just really violent uh, and then surprise all of those things happen uh, and there's like not a single like positive Mexican character in the film um, and it's a really bad movie um, and it's not a good look um, so yeah that's going to be that's going to be another entry on, on my list um, yeah that's all I've got uh, did you have anyone else that you wanted to throw out there Mia?
2: So I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily a bad villain. I just don't like him. And I think he's not written super well, but also it might coincide with just like the kind of movie that it is. And that's Jurassic World. Um, and I looked it up. It's Vincent D'Onofrio, I believe. It's his character. Uh, I think his name is Vic something. I did pull it up and then I deleted that. So um, he's just annoying and I don't think you ever really want to side with him which is maybe like I guess you could argue argue either way that it's a good villain and it's a bad villain um but I guess he does have a little bit of redemption because his death is very satisfying and I remember it being like I think I laughed out loud and then I was like oh so he gets just demolished by a velociraptor so
0: he gets wrecked
2: I think that part is written well and like that's the only thing about his character. So those were my concluding thoughts.
0: Yeah, um, so do we have, do we have anything else to, to add before we wrap it up?
1: I don't think so. I think uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about with good villains that we like.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: I guess teaser for next
0: week, our main topic next week is gonna be the best movie villains. So I'm sure we'll have lots lots to talk about then. Yes, uh, um but yeah so this has been episode 54 of sin nebraskans the daily nebraskan entertainment podcast uh as always i've been your host kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host david Berman, as
1: well it's as
2: me everything and david has a guest with him now
1: i do my my dog is here now um so you, you cannot you cannot hear him probably he just he just went ah, so maybe you heard that but um <laughs> but yes <laughs> Ali is also here. He is a a co-host and he says goodbye. He's waving to the camera, which you cannot see.
0: But... <laughs> what a good boy. Yes.
1: Um, yeah,
0: thanks for tuning in.
2: See ya.